Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. Really pleased to be joined now by Joe Trippi, National Democratic Strategist. Many of you are familiar with Joe and his work. Of course, he was the author of The Revolution Will Not Be Televised and uh, is someone that uh, we often look to uh, to get some perspective in terms of the political process, where we are and what comes next and how we can actually get some things done in the country. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Good to be with you, Boyd. Uh, so I want to get to a, a couple of things, uh, but I actually want to start on, on kind of a side note here. We're talking about this throughout the day today, uh, and it's this idea of staffing. Uh, it, it's a term we use it a lot at my house, and uh, you've experienced it as a political staffer. Uh, and some people just kind of have that staffing gene where they can watch for things, they can anticipate things, they know what the the senator, or the congressman, or the, or the candidate need uh, before the candidate knows they need it. Uh, you've you've been in those shoes. Uh, what did you learn as a staffer uh, that's helped you in some of these other areas you've been working on? Uh, well, I mean, I think the most important thing is to know uh, that you can tell. You have to have the ability to tell the truth to the person you're working for. I mean, you get, I mean, they've got to know what's really going on, and you can't just yes. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it's more to understand. Yeah, you're trying to do what's, uh, you know, what's best for for them and for the country or for the district, uh, but in the end, uh, you can't pull your punches if you think they're about to make a mistake or you think. Um, that they need to go in a certain direction. You got to be able to tell them. Now, now, once they say, "Well, I'm sorry, that's a good point, but uh, I don't want to go in that direction. Uh, I want to go this way." Then you, a, a good staffer, uh, either at that point, uh, uh, you know, y- y- works for exactly uh, what the, the the office holder boss wants them to do, or if it's you know, if it's doing something wrong, you resign or quit. But, uh, uh, you, you know, but I mean, I think that's the most yeah. important thing is to be is the authenticity uh, and the confidence to tell um, to say what you really think. That's right. Uh, and give the best guidance you can. Yeah, I think that's the the crucial one. We have far too many yes men and yes women, uh, I think, that often lead candidates and, and uh, elected officials astray. Uh, and then uh, you also raise a second really important point, and that is there, there's only one name on the door. There's only one person with right. an election uh, certificate, and, and so you have to, to buckle in and get that done as well. Uh, well, you, you've been uh, busy as always, and uh, you've recently joined the Lincoln Project. Uh, and I, I want to get into a couple of components to this. I, I want to start a little sure. broad and then get to the specifics. And, and broadly, 
uh, as you've been looking at things, uh, you, you've raised a really important uh, question, I think, for all of us, and that is that is it time for us to look at our politics outside of the traditional two-party lens uh, that seems to keep everybody kind of hunkered down in a, in a certain space? What have you learned uh, over the last little while that's caused you to challenge that two-party lens, and uh, what have you learned about that? Well, I mean, one, I think we've all lived in it for so long um, that we still want to believe it's there, that it exists, <laughs> or that there's some way, uh, you know, that there's a two-party solution to our problems. And I think, uh, I really believe that the great danger to the country is to continue to see every fight as Democrat versus Republican or left versus right. Um, I think we've got um, to come together uh you know, if the only thing we can agree on is being uh, uh, pro-democracy in terms of making sure that the, uh, this great experiment uh, continues as a democracy, um, and not worry about who you know who's the Democrat or Republican. I mean, that's why I joined the Lincoln Project. I think um, it's you know it's a way of saying, look, here here's a Democrat joining with uh, some former Republicans. Um, uh, who who want to try to build a pro-democracy movement in the United States, not a left or right or, or, or a partisan uh, uh, movement. Uh, uh, that's the only way we're going to solve our problems, because uh, I just think that the two parties are, uh, and particularly right now, I think the Republican Party is, is even deeper locked in in cement in a way that it's almost obstructionist uh, or is. And, and by the way, I'm not saying that it's all one party, but I am saying that I think right now, um, going into the next uh, uh, election cycle or two, it's more important that people look through the lens of you know uh, of not party first but country first, and and coming together, um, supporting voting rights, and, and it, there, there are things that people won't agree on, sure. on taxes and things like that, but. But the right to vote is sacred. I mean, there's certain, you know, freedom of expression. Um, there are certain things that uh, we should all stand up against if somebody's taking them on, regardless of party. Exactly. And I, I do think that the country is a center-left to center-right nation, and we've sort of allowed the the broken political parties to, to be very loud on the extremes of that. And uh, as you said, if we're all focused on a uh, constitutional republic and, and democracy, I, I think that changes the dynamics. Uh, just a, a quick side question uh, in terms of how you see that playing out. There's obviously some things we need to, to take on and, and adjust. Do you see do you see a model emerging where there uh, where it becomes more of a European style with multiple parties coming together around coalition kind of governing? Um, or how do you how do you see that in the kind of in the short to medium term? Well, I mean, look, I honestly think that uh, we're in a situation where uh, either uh, I, I think we could go to one party before we go to multiple parties. Mm. I mean, that's how dangerous I think the moment is yeah. for our democracy. Uh, uh, I don't know whether the Republican Party. Um, you know, does it splinter or or and I think a lot of this comes down to what happens in 2022, because I think if the Republican Party is successful as it now is, you, you know, is in terms of its current makeup, if it can, 
can run like this and win, I think uh, it's likely that it's, it, it stays intact and and we could be, uh, you know, sort of, sort of locked in this polarized uh, world for quite a while. Um, if it, I do think there's a potential for multiple parties to start, but I, I just think it's that's a while away. I, yeah. I, I think the, and that's the whole the whole problem here. Is so I'm sitting here <laughs> saying to people, hey, don't think it's re, R's versus D's, and at the same time, the only choice you have on the ballot will be Republicans right. versus Democrats. So then the question is, okay, who are the people on your ballot that are pro democracy? that are defending voting rights, that um, are defending freedom of expression, um, not trying to um, stop people from voting. I mean, I, and, and right now, even when you start talking like that, people automatically start thinking Democrat and Republican. Right. <laughs> that way, seriously, try to look, evaluate. The, the, we're at this moment, I think, of great danger to the democracy, um, when one party uh, starts to try to decide who can vote and yeah. who can't uh, based on how it helps them win. And by the way, both parties have been involved in gerrymandering in the, the traditional ways that, uh, uh, you know, that, that are sort of built into the system. But only recently um, have you seen, you know, somebody actually challenge the outcome of an election, try to uh, alter the, the voting rules now uh, in state after state. I think that's a, that is uh, – I'm for letting everybody vote and let the people decide this. And, let, you know, and if you're, uh, uh, every citizen should have – it should be as easy for them to vote as, as possible. And, hey, if we lose – whoever loses under those circumstances, that's – yeah. That's the way America's that's, supposed to work. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, uh, you bring such a, a great point. I want to have you come back uh, on another day and dive deeper into this because I, I felt as a staffer back in in D.C. going back as a non-political person uh, that most of the battles really weren't left and right. It was those in power uh, against everybody else and making sure exactly. that, that status quo remained. Uh, Joe Trippi, always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for carving out some time for us today. Thanks, Wood. Take care. All right. Again, that's Joe Trippi. Uh, Join us, Democratic strategist. Uh, interesting perspective there. Again, is it left and right, or is it those in power against everybody else? We're going to continue to break that down. Stay with us. More to come here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.